Well, good morning. It's great to be uh, back here with you again. I was thinking, talking to Andrew Bowles the other day, how long it was, and uh, since I've last been here, it was 2018, I think it was, and I can still remember one of those services. It was one of those services where you, Puff and Billy goes by and everyone was racing against it at the same time. I couldn't believe it. Every, in the middle of the service, everyone just got up and walked outside. And I thought, <laughs> and I hadn't even preached. <laughs> well, what was worse was to come, because they gave me a bag of snakes to give out to the runners that go by for energy and so on. And they said, we want you to give these away. Well, being a person who doesn't share their lollies, I found that really hard. It was really difficult. And I ummed an ard standing on the edge with the bag and I grabbed one snake so that only the head was there so that if the guy could get it, he would be very, very lucky. And, and I really had to wrestle with it. And... Um, Eventually, I gave a couple of snakes away and I took the rest of the bag home. Um, <laughs> I just want to let you know I've had uh, therapy since that time and um, I've been set free from the addiction of uh, lollies in, for periods. Um, but p- please don't test me. <laughs> That's my last memories of being here. Well, as we come to look at today's uh, word, let's pray together. Father, as we come to... Uh, Explore your word and what you have to say to us, particularly as a church family. Please let your Holy Spirit just come upon us and he who inspired the scriptures, may he show us how it applies to our life. And we pray that from our time together this morning, we might go from here determined to be more the people you want us to be. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's great being here, a part of Marshall's baptism and the church welcoming him into their midst. Because today I want to talk to you about what it means to be a welcoming church. Now, for those who are visitors, you may think, oh, how does that relate to us? But you'll see as we go along. Whenever we've had to um, go to a new social meeting or uh, a function or start a new job amongst people that we've never met before, you know how important it is to be made feel welcome when you get to that place. And it's the same with church. Church, uh, wherever people have contact with us as church members, whether it be individually out in the streets of Emerald or whether it be the tradesmen that come here or people that go to the op shop or whatever it may be, or people who come to worship, it's important that uh, they, um, very important, that they are made feel welcome, that we are welcoming towards them. Unfortunately, as followers of Jesus, we don't always get it right, do we? And some Christians are the most unwelcoming people you come across. They are sour, they give the body language back off. Um, And if the joy of the Lord is in their life, it certainly hasn't come down the hallway out to their face. Uh, So uh, you know what they're like. Uh, Some churches are like that as well. I remember since retiring, oh, sorry, years ago, I went to church up in Mount Tambourine and we went into the church. Nobody welcomed us. We sat down. The service went on. uh, had a a greeting of peacetime. Nobody came anywhere near us. At the end of the service, a lady came down the aisle and I thought, oh, somebody's going to at least say welcome. She had a book. She said, here, sign the visitor's book. And walked off. I'm going, that was it? That was the last time we went to that church. I remember going to another church since we retired too and... uh, uh, it was, we were made incredibly feel welcome the first Sunday uh, we did because we didn't have a badge and it picked us out as not being regular come, new come people there. And so we were given a badge the second week and from that week on no one spoke to us. Uh, so <laughs> I went to a me- big church, I try, try different churches, I sound like a church hop, I don't know. Um, went to a big church where we were about four or five hundred in the morning service and, and afterwards trying to come out and connect with people was really difficult. And one of the locals said to me, look, if you want to be part of this church, you need to take the initiative and go up to people and introduce yourself and say you'd like to, you know, and get to know people and go, oh, so I'm the visitor and I need to go to people. He said, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> so we don't always get it right. I remember reading a story about uh, a snobbish, upscale church and an old biker with well-worn boots and jeans and leather jacket took a seat. I need to find that the neatly dressed members of the congregation moved away from him. And throughout the service, the biker felt their looks of disapproval. And afterward, an usher approached the visitor and said, please have a talk with God before you come back. Ask him what he thinks would be appropriate attire for attending our worship service. Well, the biker returned the following Sunday in his boots, in his jeans, and his leather jacket. And the same usher found the man and said, I thought I'd ask you to speak to the Lord before you came back to our church. And the biker replied, I did. He said he doesn't have a clue to what I should wear. He's never been welcome here himself. <laughs> when it comes to welcoming, one of the first things you're going to see is that uh, first impressions count. Well, there are many reasons that people come to, to church. Why they may be drawn by the building facility, the uh, inspiring worship, the safe and attractive children's ministry, uh, the teaching, the mission of the church, the ministries and groups, the opportunities to serve. While they may be drawn because of the smoke machine and the large music band ramping up, the lights and the pastor rising up from the stage <laughs> in other churches. <laughs> what really impresses people when they come to church, first of all, is none of those things. What connects with them and brings them back is often the warmth and the friendliness and the welcome and the inclusion they receive. And it's really interesting that research shows that the decision whether to return or not to a church is often made within minutes of the first visit, which suggests that as a church community, we need to be welcoming it and at our best from the moment we arrive and all year long. First impressions count, and we only get one chance. And if we blow that chance, the person or visitors may not come back again to us, and in fact, may not go anywhere again. So important is the welcoming. So what does the new Bible say about uh, welcoming? Well, it says a number of verses, and if you can't see them, uh, don't worry, I work for OPSM and I can get you some cheap glasses on a commission basis. Uh, let me read them to you. Matthew 25, but I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Matthew 9:37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 1 Peter 4:9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Job 31. But no stranger had to spend the night in the street, for my door was always open to the traveller. And Hebrews 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. But by, by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. If you look at the early New Testament church, it was an incredibly dynamic picture of it in Acts chapter 2. And one senses that there was a great sense of welcoming there because the Lord added to their numbers daily, it says, those who were being saved. And there were people obviously being added from all sorts of backgrounds, different races, uh, different social positions, Jewish people, non-Jewish people, male, female, uh, different, what, whatever it may be. It obviously was a welcoming church. There is great power in witnessing, a uh, welcoming. So I want to talk about that, the power in welcoming. 
If you've ever been on the receiving end of a warm and friendly welcome, you know the incredible power and blessing it brings. It can be scary, it can be nerve-wracking, and it can be stressful coming to an unfamiliar setting and not knowing anyone, not knowing what happens, not knowing what might be expected of you. And a warm and friendly welcome helps us feel more comfortable, at ease, valued, and receptive. And a warm and friendly welcome says to people, you matter, you are of value, you are of importance to us and to God, and we're glad that you've come here to be with us. And that's something we all need to hear, isn't it? To which you all say, yes, we do. That's good. Very strong response, that one, was. A warm and friendly welcome also points the visitor or welcomer, the newcomer to God. Because you see, welcoming is at the very heart of God. It's God's heart and nature. Right throughout the Bible, beginning in Genesis, uh, where we've got God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, right through the end of the Bible, the Revelation, it's God's nature to welcome us into a deeply personal, deeply intimate, and deeply fulfilling relationship with him. It's God's nature to welcome us into his family. It's God's nature to welcome us into his presence. It's God's nature to want to welcome us to doing life together with him. John, uh, sorry, Jeremiah 29, which we love to quote, said, that says, I know my plans for you, plans to give you a future and hope, goes on to say, if you search for me, you will find me when you search for me all your heart. That's a welcoming God. He's saying, hey, I want to be found by you. I want to have a relationship. I want to do life with you. In Isaiah 43, it says, fear not, for I am with you. When you walk through the waters, you'll not be drowned. When you walk through the fires, you'll not be burned, because I am with you. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. This is a God who welcomes doing life with us, who welcomes us into, his, into a relationship with him. And I love the picture of, um, <clears throat> sorry, let me just say that he welcomes us to the point where he sent Jesus into the world to die on that cross for us so that any barriers between us and God could be removed and we could know him intimately in our lives. I love the picture of in Luke 15 of the prodigal son. You know, the son that asks the father for his share of the property, goes off and wastes it, comes to an end of himself and comes, and comes broken back to his family place, wanting to be a servant, not a son anymore. What's the father's response? Open arms. He's been looking for him for ages. And he wraps his arms around him and kisses him, embraces him, and welcomes him back as a child. That's a picture of Father God with us. When we want to come know God, when we want to come back to God, maybe we've drifted away, he's there with open arms. He's a welcoming God. If you look at Jesus, it's exactly the same thing. Right throughout his whole ministry, Jesus was constantly welcoming people, welcoming the sick, the lost, the diseased, those who are troubled by evil spirits, social outcasts, those who are searching for meaning or God in their life, those with needs, Jesus was there, constantly welcoming people to come to him all the time. In Luke chapter 9 and 15, <clears throat> the religious leaders complained. They said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus was known for welcoming people. And in John chapter 6, he said, whoever comes to me, I will not drive away. God is a welcoming God. How good is that? And I want to say to you, just as an aside today, perhaps you've been searching for meaning in life and searching for a relationship with God, but feeling God couldn't accept you because of your past or what you've done in your life or whatever it may be. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. God knows what you're like inside out. 
You know, it's everything that's hidden from everybody else, even hidden from yourself at times. And he longs to have a relationship with you. So if some, you think that something's holding you back, from God's perspective, it's not. He's just waiting for you to come back to him. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but somewhere along your line, the, the relationship's cooled and you've drifted away or whatever it may be. I've done that on many, many occasions. And you wonder whether he'll take you back. He will. He welcomes you back. He's been waiting for you. You don't have to jump through hoops and, and whatever it may be. He's just waiting for you to come back to him and say, I'm sorry, let's, can I begin again? He said, of course you can. Let's go for it together, side by side. So, And maybe you have a deep need or struggle in your life today and don't know who to turn to and, and share it with and, and find the help that you need to find. But again, God is there and saying, I'm there for you. 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So I want to encourage you, welcoming a newcomers points to the awesome God that we have who is a welcoming God. A warm and a friendly welcoming can also <clears throat> help people who are searching for belonging and friendship and, and family and a community that's loving and caring and supportive find a place to belong. There are lots of people who are lost in today's world and it's understandably so and they're looking for a sense of belonging. And by a warm welcome, it can be the first step and bringing people along to be a place to be a place where they can belong, and as you know, often in coming to belong, people then come to, often to believe in Jesus afterwards as well. And finally, a welcoming uh, atmosphere is a key to growing churches. And uh, can I just say then, then how do we develop a welcoming culture? Well, it begins with a couple of administration things. It's a, you need our web page needs to be attractive. And let me say, St. Mark's webpage is incredibly attractive. It's really, it's really great. We need to have a welcoming sister, a course of, of rosters and so on. We need to make sure that um, there are steps to involve people in the life of the church community, um, opportunities to be involved in ministry, and uh, no jobs on the first week they come. Um, but we need to also make sure signs are right at the front of churches. I don't know if you've seen signs of some churches. They are such a put-off. I looked up some signs yesterday. How are these for signs for welcoming? Come hear our pastor. He's not very good, but he's quick. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> We're still open between Christmas and Easter. Oh, great. Uh, time is short. Hell is hot. The king is coming, ready or not. Now that's warm. Our church is like fudge, sweet with a few nuts. Everyone is welcome. <laughs> Which part of you shall not, don't you understand? Honk if you love Jesus. Text while you're driving if you want to meet him straight away. <laughs> and I love this one. Church parking, church parking only any time. Violators will be towed away at owner's expense. Signed, the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> Let me just give you a few clues to welcoming at the end. First of all, I believe we need to pray for God's welcoming heart to be ours as well, to be able to see visitors and newcomers and one another, for that matter, through the eyes of God. We need to deal with any blocks or obstacles to being a welcoming community, either physical blocks by the way the church is laid out or other sorts of blocks within us or amongst us. For example, seeing newcomers as intruders rather than opportunities to express Christ's love and welcome. And while some of us have a gift and a passion for welcoming people, it's really a responsibility for all of us. 
we're all to take that on and be welcoming. And we need to pray before we come to church and say, Lord, who is it that you would have me connect with today? It might be a regular member, it might be a visitor, whatever it may be, but who would you have me connect with? And open your eyes and let God show you what to do. So much work that we do as a church can come easily be undone when a person comes along and finds they're not welcome. Put yourself in other people's shoes, particularly other people who come, newcomers. Put yourself, not literally, because that would be stupid. They have different sized shoes. But um, try and understand what people may be feeling when they come to church the first time. How would you like to be treated? Learn from those who do welcoming well. In welcoming, be excited and positive about the church and its members. <clears throat> Don't always sit with the same people week in and week out. When you're in conversation, whether it be newcomers or regular members, include others in your conversations and in what you're planning and build on common interests in, um, yeah, and be interested in people, but don't interrogate them. <laughs> I have, I've got a problem with time. My wife has told me just to slow down sometimes because I get excited about meeting people, but I'll ask 50 questions and sometimes it sounds like a rattling gun and sometimes you can almost sense people saying, oh, put the light over the top of me, will you? Um, so be, be interested, but don't interrogate people. And I kind of just say finally, learn how to welcome and accept those who come unconditionally and non-judgmentally. Being a welcoming church means opening ourselves up to whoever God brings to us, regardless of economic status, race, physical ability or disability, dress, age, need, language, their past, their lifestyle, what others may think of them or whatever. Spencer Miller says, <clears throat> God accepts and welcomes us despite our messy lives, our impure motives and our irritating habits. And one of the ways we reflect God's love and bring him glory is to accept and welcome others just like he does. This means we accept others' quirks and look past their faults in order to see individuals created in the image of God and loved by him. He said, how can we say we represent Jesus Christ and still refuse to be like him? Would Jesus be welcome in your church if he came wearing sandals, dressed in sackcloth, uncombed hair, and spoke Aramaic? All throughout the New Testament, he said, we find that Jesus welcomes the homeless, the prostitute, the beggar, the thief, the demonized, the diseased, the outcast. And he has unconditionally welcomed you through his mercy and grace. So go and welcome others as Christ has welcomed you. Well, let me just close and say, <clears throat> while it's important to welcome the newcomer, it's also important to welcome one another, those who are regular members of our church as well. Sometimes we uh, just smile at one another in the morning and just glance at one another. Somebody actually said the church is often like a billiard table. All the balls uh, come out on the table on the Sunday morning and then they just touch shoulders and they go back to the pockets for the rest of the week. That's the level of intimacy. We need to get to be welcoming of one another and make one another feel important here. And we need to welcome one another with needs as well and say, look, what's going on in your life? How can I help you? And we need to accept one another with all the quirks and all the strange parts about the other person, just like they accept you with all your quirks and strange parts as well. So be accepting of one another. Romans 15 says, welcome and accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. And so just in a final note, make sure that we're also welcoming of the Lord Jesus Christ amongst us. 
We can talk about welcoming newcomers. We can talk about welcoming one another. But it's really important that we welcome the Lord as well. Some churches are not very welcoming of the Lord himself. And we need to say, openly, actively say, Lord, you are welcome here. We welcome you to our worship service. We, we want you to be the focus of what we, want, we do this morning. We want you to direct our worship. If you want to change anything, you go right ahead. If you want to do anything, it's your church, it's your people. We welcome you into our midst. We need to welcome you not just to our worship service, but how we do church, all our activities, and saying, Lord, direct us, show us what you want us to do. We want to follow you. You are welcome here. Let me tell you a story to close. The community church had worked to maintain beauty and dignity in its worship service. And in this Midwest college town in America, the rich tones of the pipe organ were considered fitting rather than the old-fashioned. Worshippers often came early to meditate and to secure their favourite pew. That's because the sanctuary was frequently full. And Sunday dress was just that. Parents and children polished their shoes and wore their best suits and skirts to church. They felt that God was worthy of the best they had to offer, and these were long-held community standards. And the college students came from various parts of the country, and their worship habits were far more casual. Some students pushed casual to the edge. Church was packed on the second Sunday of September, and vacations were over and the students were back. And when the sanctuary is filled with friendly worshippers, it generates wonderfully warm feelings, unless you are someone who arrives a little late and can't find a seat. Skilled ushers are often the heroes on these occasions. Was it a freshman who entered the sanctuary 10 minutes after the service had begun? Who else would wear sandals and shorts and a t-shirt? He seemed dressed for the beach, but he didn't look ready for worship, not to most eyes. Thanks, bro, he said when he was handed a bulletin. He brushed by the usher and looked for somewhere to sit, but there were no empty spots. Tension mounted as regular worshippers forgot their worship to watch this unseemly show. What would he do now? The student creatively solved his problem. He sat down, cross-legged, in the aisle, right between the first two pews, and people's expressions could easily be read. What lack of decorum! Nothing like this has ever happened before. And at the rear of the sanctuary, grey-haired Deacon Oakley was serving as head usher, and for the time he was young, he'd been taught to dress for church in the clothes he would wear to see Jesus. He had a blue three-piece suit on and an elegant tie, and a gold watch fob gleamed from his vest. Oakley, his name was appropriate. He was old and strong like a tree. And in previous years, he chaired the church board, and his reputation was solid. People said Oakley was quiet, but he was wise. If anyone could handle this distraction gracefully, this man could. So eyes all turned to the back of the church as Deacon Oakley began to walk slowly down the aisle. What did he do? What would he have done? More important, what would Jesus have done at that moment? On Sundays, he brought a gold and ebony cane to support himself, and his trek to the front seemed to take forever. Entire wedding processions had finished in less time. And when he finally stood next to the student, where the student was sitting, the good deacon looked down and hesitated for a moment. Then he dropped his cane in the aisle and slowly lowered himself in the, to the carpet. And he offered a hand to the young man. And in a stage whisper, he said, glad to have you with us today. Then the wise elderly man and his young guest worshiped together right there in the center of the aisle. 
Deacon Oakley understood that sometimes you have to extend yourself a bit to make sure a person feels welcome. My prayer is that we will continue to work at being a welcoming community and that something of the heart and passion and nature of Deacon Oakley will live in each one of us.